Dr. Cindy Brannon, author and teacher and healer. I own and operate Open Circle, which is a soul school of true magic and fierce love that features the intense master courses of spiritual witchcraft, the Sacred Seven, which is a course that allows space for uh, whatever gods and goddesses or spirits that call to you, and the master class of Hecatean witchcraft known as the Mistai. I also write as Keeping Her Keys on Pathios and on my Keeping Her Keys Facebook page and on Instagram and of course Pinterest. I'm the author of the best-selling Keeping Her Keys and Introduction to Hecate's Modern Witchcraft. This is an audio class about the witch's wheel of the year. So I, if you follow my work, you know I am a huge fan of the wheel of the year. And it seems perhaps a bit odd to say that I am a fan of something so eternal, so wise, so deeply spiritual. But fan is probably the best word that I can describe um, how I feel about the witch's wheel of the year. It all began several years ago when I was looking at this beautiful Strophilos talisman that my sister had created and I was contemplating planning for the new year. And in that moment, I had one of those sacred inspirations come to me. If you've ever had one of these moments, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's just a pure moment of being in that flow state where I just knew what part of my mission in this incarnation was to be. I hope you're with me so far. So I was sitting here looking at the Strophilos, and if you're not familiar with the Strophilos, um, it is the talisman that adorns the Keeping Your Keys book, and I have an article on Hecate's Wheel. Um, and in uh, the Mistai, the master class of Hecate and witchcraft, we really go deep into the power of the wheel. We do time walking witchery. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, sacred remembrance of the non-linearity of spiritual time. And that's where our witchcraft abides. You know, we are walkers between worlds and part of us will always be in the world the superficial world where we uh, live within this human embodiment that we currently have where we have to follow chronological time you know we have meetings to get to kids to pick up and so on but our heart our soul really is in kairos time the circular bending, looping, um, you know, infinity loop, if you want to think of it that way, of time. That is the wheel. And I think this is why so many of us, when we're first exposed to to witchcraft or Wicca or paganism, however we, however we start the process of coming home to who we are, you know, that process of remembering our eternal witch souls, when we get into that place and we see this modern wheel of the year, it's like, oh, it just speaks to me because it is such a talisman. And it, it explains, you know, these natural cycles of the year and that they are cyclical and eternal and that they are deeply spiritual. And when we consider the chronological calendar, there really isn't that depth of spiritual meaning um, within the calendar for many of us. I suppose, you know, Christmas as a celebration of family and of hope, uh, in a way, can kind of be very much in keeping with the winter solstice. But most of the time in our modern 21st century Western life, all of the special days on the chronological calendar focus on getting together with our beloveds, uh, maybe buying gifts, 
making special food. So they certainly contain powerful ritual aspects, but it can be difficult to kind of go into the deeper meaning of these chronological uh, festivities, right? I think you know what I mean. But when we see that wheel of the year, it's like, oh, this is a portal to something deeper, to the deeper world, to the natural rhythms. And what the wheel of the year truly is, it is that portal, right? We see that talisman, see it online, um, however we see it. It's this beautiful talisman. It's like a beacon that says, oh yeah, there is the natural world and I am a witch and that is where my power comes from because as witches we don't so much work with like the supernatural although sometimes we do most of our work is what's embedded in the natural world and then we go deeper like through that wheel of the year into the extra natural and the extra natural is the force that fuels the wheel of the year the extra natural is the force that creates those cycles. The extra natural is the process of death, birth, and rebirth, of growth and decline, and sometimes of stagnancy and being stuck between. But as we see, the wheel always turns and our stuckness will soon abate. So beautiful is the wheel of the year. Now, for me, the force that fuels the wheel of the year, this river under the river, if you want to think of the wheel as beautiful water flowing in, and that water is like the essence of the natural world, flowing in and forming this wheel. Now, for me, the river underneath the river, the river that flows in every drop of everything that creates that wheel of the year and creates us and creates the great eternal wheel of time, the river underneath that river, the anima mundi, the soul of the world, is Hecate. And, you know, I base this on my personal understanding of Hecate, but also on historical records such as the Chaldean oracles, that discuss Hecate as being the primal force that fuels all things. And you may be familiar with some of our modern kind of more mainstream understandings of Hecate as uh, a so-called dark goddess or the mother of witches uh, and sometimes as the crone. And truth be told, she is all these things because she is that river beneath the river. She is the goddess that fuels all things as anima mundi. Now, of course, you may experience this divinity, this sacredness by a different name. It may present itself to you by many different names. But for me, this is Hecate. And Hecate, of course, has many companions, many goddesses that are her close allies in myth and in personal gnosis, Medea, Circe, the Fates, her witches such as Sametha, those who sought her throughout mythology such as Cassandra, so many wise, wise women who found their power through Hecate's power. And I reclaim their stories and I interpret my personal experience and that of thousands of others, witches called to Hecate, called by Hecate, returning to Hecate, to the sacred crossroads, you know, that threshold between our corporeal linear understanding of time and into her mysteries that is her wheel. So Hecate's wheel, is, it pops up in her history, her 3,000 years of history, this association with her of being the spinner of the wheel of time. 
In some tales, she is given governance over the fates, that as the world soul, she is the one behind and fueling the fates and their wisdom. For as we are subject to the natural cycles of the wheel of the year and the long, long span of the eternal wheel of time, we are in our own personal wheel of life, subject to the whims and the wisdom of the fates and to Hecate, for those she has called. She is the keeper of the keys, and each time our personal wheel of life spins a little bit, bringing us to another crossroads, she offers that key, that key of deeper wisdom, of getting it right the next time, of picking ourselves up after disaster, of understanding that we made the mess we're in. You know, all those segments of the wheel of our life that she meets us at each crossroads, each segment, offering a key so that she crashed so that we crash the next gate and move on to the next passage the next threshold sometimes we descend of course into her underworld cave that sacred womb we may experience her here as the kaliak the crone the hag the bone mother the wolf mother she who resides deep deep within the earth from whence those beautiful rivers of hers come to create the wheel of the year, the eternal wheel of time, and our personal wheel of life. We walk our own wheel of life nestled within the wheel of time. And within our lives, there are many wheels of the year. Wheels within wheels, fueled by rivers under rivers, flowing from that cauldron deep within Hecate's cave. So beautiful. Now, as witches, our work, of course, is largely based in that traversing, the shadow walking between the corporeal world and the unseen world, you know, that we are at the top of the river. I guess the most tertiary river would be the river of everyday life. And then under that river, it's the river of the natural cycles that is the wheel of the year and the wheel of time. And then the deep, deep river, the deep river that is the source that runs through all things. And within us is this amazing sacredness that within us, one drop of that river of all three rivers lives combined and that is how we reconnect to our sacred self that is within. We are the anima mundi contained in a drop, and we are also a drop contained in the anima mundi. The wheel of time, eternal, the universal time schedule, the wheel of the year is all contained within us, in the same way that our wheel of life is contained within it. We are the in-between, the walkers back and forth, between what is mundane and what is mystical. Now the wheel of the year is interesting because it inhabits the 13 lunar months but we interpret the lunar months using our chronological calendar so we can keep track of them. Because in 21st century life, most of us are not going to have, you know, elaborate moon cal calendars where we're studying the moon every night 
to determine, you know, how many days will it be to the next full moon or when will I do my dark moon ritual to Hecate, just based on our observations. We have that wonderful blessing of the chronological calendar and also scientists who calculate these dates for us. So let's give a moment to just hail the scientists who so conveniently calculate these dates for us, sparing us from observations. I do highly recommend that... um, Wherever possible, you become an observer of the cycles of the moon in the same way that we become observers of the natural cycles of the year. A really simple technique to do to just help you to get into the energy of the wheel of the year is to create a journal, a wheel of the year journal, um, and track the lunar phases Try to observe the lunar phase every day so you get an idea of what it looks like at a specific point on the wheel of the year in your location. Um, You know, moonrise, moonset, the specific phases, waxing crescent, uh, you know, waning. I love to do waning moon witchcraft. I'm always focusing on getting rid of the bad, though. You know, it's just as important to... You know, the all three, sorry, all three parts of witchcraft, you know, banishing the profane, protecting from future harm, and also bringing in those blessings. So those, you know, the three different parts of working, those can really be summarized as that. So there's so much that we can learn by becoming that keen observer of the natural cycles of the lunar phases, uh, sunrise and sunset, if you want to add that to another level. And then, of course, observations you make about how the uh, seasonal shifts and even the cross-quarter days, which are the midpoints between each seasonal transition, um, how they look for you where you are. And if you're a menstruating female like I am, then you can also add your moon times, your own personal moon phases um, to the journal. And if you really want to take it to like the next, next level, you can add in uh, astrological considerations like what house is the moon in, the full moon in, in any particular month or and also the star signs. In my Wheel of the Year project, there are archetypes um, for each month that add another level to it, and that these archetypes reflect the dominant forces of each uh, phase of the year. So I thought I would just take a moment to talk about... um, those archetypes. So these archetypes are based on um, ancient Hecatean epithets. They are beautiful and ancient. Um, so the first cycle of the year is the time of the Star Walker. This is Hecate as Estrodia, which literally means Star Walker. This is her uh, upper world aspects. Her is the queen of the starry road. And when we start the, you know, when we start off in January, what a lot of us experience is kind of this like deep retreat into ourselves where we uh, really just bask in the whole knowledge that we've accumulated from the year before. Hecate in in January can also be seen as the strophalos, the wheel of the year, the wheel of time, you know, that eternal wheel. And January is a great time to get into your own wheel of the year project. In February, the architect is the spinner of time as we start to see the first stirrings of the new coming year. Um, Kyria is Hecate at her most glorious supreme self. And that is the archetype for the next lunar month. And then as we move into the the spring, we see Hecate as the energizer or ergatus. Ergatus. It's also a time that I've, the time that the maiden returns. You know, when the Kore, uh, Persephone as the maiden, because Persephone, of course, is the wheel of the year embodied within a goddess. So in the spring through the summer, she is Kore. And in the fall and 
winter, she is Persephone, which translated means the destroyer. So as we move into April and spring, we really get into this at ergatis, that core energy when all is really energized. And then um, in the next lunar cycle, which is usually uh, towards the end of April and into May, Hecate Anodia, the guide, is the archetype for the month. Because if you consider the month of May, May is very much a time that we are into like earthly pleasures. You know, there's a lot of celebrating the spring, getting together with family and friends. Um, energetically, it can be seen as a time of fertility for people who celebrate, you know, Beltane and those kinds of fertility rites. It's a time of that fire festival. And, you know, and that's the second fire festival that, of course, uh, builds upon the first one that occurred during the spinner of time, during that second cycle that we may uh, celebrate as in bulk or as a rite of Hecate's sacred fires. So she becomes Anodia, the guide along our earthbound journey in the season after the Kore returns. We're walking that earthly road. And as we move into later May and June, right up until the solstice, the bright one is the dominant archetype. And it's such an interesting archetype to understand. Um, in terms of, like as a witch, you know, I'm always like longing for that delicious darkness. But in the summer solstice, as we get into that really that bright, glorious um, energy of the season, it's all about welcoming in the power of the brightness. And so the archetype is the bright one. Artemis's month is the month of June. If uh, you are so inclined, maybe perhaps you're a Gemini like me who connects deeply to Artemis. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. I have a very popular uh, ritual that's available in a public form on my Patheos blog called the uh, Sovereign Goddesses Ritual that many, many um, have done and found great results for really understanding that the witch can also use the energy of the sun. And then we move into kind of that time of the year, the next lunar month, when it's like the just the world is becoming so abundant. And that force, that river within the river really becomes resplendent. You know, like so we're kind of we can see the natural river, that natural force growing all around us. So it's a very different experience than, you know, say like at Samhain, when we're very much in, you know, that power center of witchcraft, you know, that death walking phase. But here in this world soul time of the year, this anima mundi time of the year, it's about all of life is around us and connecting to all of life. And that just amplifies even more as we move into the next lunar month, which is the Keeper of the Keys. I love using this energy in August. It's amazing. There are some modern festivals to Hecate. Hecate's night is sometimes one of Hecate's annual nights is observed on August the 13th sometimes. Um, there is also the ancient festival of Chronotrophes, which is honoring Hecate and even Artemis as guardians of children. And I have a ritual uh, blessing and protection for children that's on the Patheos blog that is really a great one. And then, of course, the season subtly starts to shift. And all that is bright and sunny starts to wane. And the crops mature. And us as witches, you know, in tune with the natural flow of the year, we feel this kind of threshold coming on, not only in our personal lives, because of course, if we're attuned, we'll get this in our personal lives too, but we sense it in the broader sense. And this is like that gate crasher time of the year. Hegemonin um, is the ancient term for Hecate as gate crasher. It's very interesting. 
when we think about how the academic year starts this time of the year, and we've got this ancient festival for Corotrophus, and then also this really gate-crashing, new beginnings, super intense energy that's just starting to ramp up at this period of the year. So gate-crasher is the archetype for that lunar month. And then, of course, we begin the true descent, where the torchbearer becomes our archetypal guide. Hecate, of course, is so associated with those torches of hers. She leads us into this deeper time of the year when we need those torches for this period of reflection, of death-walking witchery, of crossing the veil and connecting to the other side. Deeper into the night we go, into the season of Samhain and early November, where she is the night queen, where she is the one who visits us in the night and wraps us in the velvet void that is her embrace. Such a beautiful time. The ancient term um, for night queen is Nikya. And she is also Chthonia, which literally means goddess of the earth and was a title uh, reserved for underworld deities by the ancient Greeks. Deeper into this we go as she becomes our guardian as we do the rituals of the sacred cave that are, of course, available um, for download. And you can find uh, that in various places. I've got it po- the links posted on my Instagram. You can find it there. Um, you can also find the audio for the rituals of the sacred cave on Spotify if you're interested. And then finally, she becomes liberator, sotiera, with the winter solstice guiding us into that cauldron of rebirth of hers, that we are reborn on the winter solstice into the new year. So those are some of the archetypes that um, correspond to the 13 lunar phases of the wheel of the year. Now, you may experience these differently. You may be at a place in your personal wheel of life where your archetypes are different, and you may want to uh, you know, summon and connect with these archetypes as primal forces of that deeper river, whether or not you call it Hecate, those archetypes exist um, at different points of the year because of where you are. So certainly evoke these archetypes you know, by concentrating them on them, creating imagery about them, uh, writing petitions to the archetypes, but also really understanding that, you know, you are, you contain the whole river, you contain the whole wheel. So these archetypes all exist within you. Now we can experience these archetypes within ourselves as personal archetypes. So for example, within ourselves, we can see the star walker, the starborn one. We can see ourselves as the shapeshifter who transforms through spinning time and take and creating who we are as time spins. We see ourselves as the mother, the supreme ruler of our own lives and all the projects that we birth and nurture, whether they be our children, our pets, or otherwise, or ourselves. We become the maiden, starting with the beginner's mind, beginning again, and then we transition into the pilgrim, following the Enodia, the guide, but also being our own guide as we take that pilgrimage through the wheel of the year and into the mysteries of the verdant world of Hecate's garden as all of the natural world explores around us. And then, of course, we become the bright one, the queen of our own lives, the sovereign witch through the ritual of the sovereign goddesses and in contemplating how we are our own brightness. Of course, brightness cannot exist without the shadow self and the world soul contains both. Explore your shadow self as you 
dive into the energy of the world soul. The keeper of the keys activates the mystical south with within us each. Sorry, I'm getting a visit by, from spirit right now. I'm getting one of those spiritual sneezing attacks. If you follow me or take my courses, you know I get these spirit sneezes coming on. So the keeper of the keys is here with us now as I'm making this recording on this glorious winter day. And she is reminding me to be the mystic and to share that message with you. The gatecrasher, of course, is all about the mentor energy and starting a new academic year or a new course or leaning on the mentor within us so that we can plot our own wheel of life. Now, the healer comes to us next. Really interesting that Torchbearer is the healer. I have an article on Pathios about Hecate as healer. Um, and it contains links to three YouTube videos that really go in deep into the healing energy of Hecate. And then, of course, it is the period of complete destruction because we have to go through that period of spiritual dismemberment and breakdown. And it's like we heal that last version of ourselves, get that last version of ourselves into a position of as whole as possible. And then we enter, enter ourselves as the destroyer, as the wise one who knows what needs to go, what needs to die. As we enter into the sacred time, you know, that sacred darkness and those three rituals, the ritual of release, the ritual of reclaiming of soul retrieval and then the ritual of rebirth and again those are all explained in the rituals of the sacred cave and that you can find a link to um, the, the complete book I have an ebook and then you can find the audio on Spotify And then, of course, as we go deeper, deeper into that natural wheel of the year cycle of spiritual dismemberment and eventual rebirth on the winter solstice, what we're doing is entering into the mystery within ourselves. So that is the self archetype within us. And then finally, at the winter solstice, we activate the crone within us. You know, that wise woman, the bone woman, Lopa, the Kaliak that is that eternal most ancient woman who is so wise um, or otherwise if you don't identify as a woman um, who has seen and done it all it is the return of the most ancient form of the divine feminine through which we are reborn anew and that is the 13 cells for um, the archetypes of the wheel of the year so the overarching archetypes are Starwalker and the corresponding self is the Starborn. For the next cycle, it's Spinner of Time with the personal archetype of Shapeshifter. Then we move on to Supreme. The personal archetype is the Mother. Energizer comes next with our personal Maiden, Guide, accompanied by Pilgrim, Bright One, which activates the queen, world soul, which reminds us of the shadow and the integration that wholeness is always experienced through the dance of soul and shadow, keeper of keys, which unleashes our inner mystic, gatecrasher, which permits us to seek mentors and be our own mentor, torchbearer, which is all about the healing within, Night Queen, which is about destruction of all that which no longer serves, and that archetype as the destroyer. Guardian, which brings on, uh, sorry, Night Queen, which brings on the healing, the entrance into the cycle of rebirth. Guardian, which activates the mystery within us. And then we finish with Liberator, the crone, the ancient, wisest, divine feminine that resides in us all. Now, briefly, I'm going to talk about some of the botanical correspondences for the Wheel of the Year. 
Um, Star Walker is associated with Juniper, Spinner of Time with Rose, Supreme with Saffron, Energizer with Dittany, Guide with Damiana, Bright One with Bay Laurel, World Soul with Mugwort, Keeper of Keys with Myrrh, Gatecrasher with Basil, Torchbearer with Aster, Night Queen with Pomegranate, Guardian with Yarrow, and Liberator with Time. Um, you can find on my Instagram, and perhaps even if you dig deep on Facebook, more about those. Um, you can also read them in my upcoming book, uh, Entering Hecate's Garden, The Path of Botanical Witchcraft, which will be out around Samhain in 2020. If you are a member, or if you're not yet a member, of Open Circle, my coven and soul school of tree magic and fierce love. Throughout the year, we go much deeper into the archetypes, you know, kind of the primal forces, um, the archetypes within those cells. We also get into discussing Hecate's uh, companions and her allies, you know, different goddesses that are closely associated with her, such as Circe, Medea, Demeter, um, other goddesses who are closely related energetically and spiritually, such as Rhiannon and Maeve and, of course, the Kaliak, who is so dear to me. You can find in my Wheel of the Year article uh, details about all of the dates. I haven't talked about the dates in this audio class, but in the Wheel of the Year article, you'll find all the lunar dates, with their dominant energies, and you will also find the Sabbaths. And thank you uh, for listening to this short class introducing um, the Wheel of the Year. Uh, may you be well blessed by it. And I am going to close um, with a recitation of the blessing of Hecate's Wheel of the Year. And then we're going to go into a meditation, a bit of a spiritual journey to help you connect to your own wheel of life, the wheel of the year and the wheel of time. Now get comfortable. If you have a Wheel of the Year talisman, uh, there's a really beautiful one that my coven mate and dear, dear sister uh, Jade Hall has created that you can buy on her Etsy store, or I highly recommend um, that you get into making your own and creating your own talisman. And in the book, uh, Keeping Her Keys, I do talk more about doing that. And you can find Jade Hall on Etsy. The listing on Etsy, Etsy is Hecate's Goddess Wheel of the Year Pagan, that you should be able to find it there. And the name of her store is Persephone Pyrography. It's just absolutely beautiful. A fabulous talisman, though I do encourage you to make your own. Um, you can also search out my articles. I have a beautiful talisman that my sister and I created uh, that's this huge window we pulled out of the dumpster. And we I've revised it again this year. Sometimes like I take alcohol and change bits and pieces on it. So if you go to my Pathios Pagan blog, Keeping Her Keys, and search up Wheel of the Year articles, or if you just type in Cindy Brannon Wheel of the Year, you'll find my various articles. And you can use those images to connect with the Wheel of the Year as a talisman. You know, look at them on your phone, download and print them off, um, whatever it is. But I do encourage you the process of creating your own Wheel of the Year. You know, it's, you don't have to be an artist to do it. You can use um, images you find online or in magazines and make like a vision board wheel of the year. You can use the template that's in the book. Um, you can just, there's many different ways to create it. 
Don't worry about being perfect. Witchcraft isn't about perfection. It's about wholeness. And power is not in perfection. Power is in truth. So if your truth is in your talisman, it will be the most powerful thing to you. All right, so that was a little bit of a sidebar, um, but just to get you prepared for really uh, connecting to the wheel of the year as I go through this bit of a journey with you, it's great to have some kind of a talisman. The more personal it is, the more powerful it will always be to you. So get comfortable. Um, you know, if you like, you can light an incense. As I'm leading you through this journey, we are being blessed by the sacred pharmacoi, the beautiful master plant spirits of Dittany, Juniper, Thyme, Mugwort, and some Wormwood. Wormwood um, wanted to join the incense, and I have a beautiful, huge Wormwood that's growing on my property. So I offer you now, through deep blessing and sincerity, the sacred spiritual smoke that extends across time. You know what it is in that place of the wheel of time. And it comes across to you now, spiritually beautiful juniper that banishes all that no longer serves us. Mighty mugwort, of course, that opens us to the wheel of the year as a spirit, as a talisman, as our portal and helps us cross that threshold into the other world, the river under the river. Wormwood, of course, is uh, Mugwort's companion and friend and brings us visions and so much more. And Dittany, of course, that plant that is so sacred to Hecate's ancient witches, Circe, Medea, and Hecate herself. Dittany, which is about loving energy and the sacredness of witchcraft and time, divine time, um, which really activates the sacred within and helps us to connect to the sacred without so beautiful. I think there are a few rose petals in the burning bowl as well, just to send you some really abundant, wonderful love energy, that agape energy. So just take a moment here and receive these gifts I send to you. Now let's begin our sacred time of connecting to the wheel of time for the year, the wheel of life that is ours, these three wheels, and the specific point on the wheel, the wheel that we're currently at. We are wheels within wheels, fueled by rivers within rivers and under rivers, so beautiful. Hail Hecate, goddess of all creation, ruler of the natural cycles of the earth, who reigns over time. Bless the listener and bless me. Bless the wheel of our lives. Bless the wheel of time and bless this wheel of the year, this year that we are in now, these 13 lunar months these 12 calendar months, and 12 sun signs. Bless us, bless the wheel, and may the days of our lives be forever under your guidance. Bless us, the days, the weeks, the months, the phases of the moon, the Sabbaths, the planetary cycles, and the seasons that exist in the natural world and the seasons of my life. Hail Hecate, goddess of all creation, ruler of the natural cycles of the earth, anima mundi, she who is the deeper river that flows beneath the river that is the natural cycles 
and we who are that river contained within a drop. Bless us, and hail Hecate. Now close your eyes, if you will. Just take a moment to settle into your body. Okay, so now you're all settled into your body. Close your eyes, breathing, just normal. Become aware of your breath. And we're going to do a version of the three selves meditation that is in the book and that I teach to students in open circle. And in the Mistai, we go much deeper to this. So just sit with me now. And let's just do the unifying the three selves meditation. So the imagery, the symbolic power is that of a resting coiled serpent deep within us. Now think of the wheel of your life. Think of that strophalos or see it if you've got it there. See it as a layer upon layer upon layer of the three coils of the serpent. Now, of course, across cultures and times, the wheel of the year, the wheel of life, the wheel of time is seen as this great serpent. And this great serpent, which is our spiritual energetic force, it is that river as a serpent, a watery serpent that contains all the archetypes, all there is to know within us. Beautiful powerful, majestic, and sacred. We are the divine within us. Now let's just sit with this imagery for a moment of thinking about your own sacredness, your own eternal wheel of life, is being for, uh, fueled by this serpent that resides within you. It resides within you in this life, but in your next life, and in all the lives that have gone before. It's your soul. And we understand this serpent as having three coils because we experience the world the known world and the unseen world with our emotions which are situated in the lower self and our actions which is situated in the middle self and our intellectual self which is in the higher self. These are the three coils of the serpent and as we stretch that serpent and reconnect to our soul and awaken it, the serpent becomes unified and whole so that our everyday behaviors, thoughts, and feelings become attuned to our soul code. This is why we stretch and activate this serpent. And strengthening and stretching and activating that serpent within is what allows us to really get into the river beneath the river. You know, that's where those keys are, is when we get in and in and in. And that serpent is that beautiful soul self. So now, if you are willing and prepared, let's go into the meditation of unifying the three selves, of stretching and awakening and unifying your serpent that is your soul into beautiful wholeness, powerful, sovereign, where all those archetypes are activated within you. 
So we're going to activate it and then we're going to calm it back down so you can return to the activities of everyday life. But it's going to create that kind of simmering beauty where anytime you want to do sacred work, your rituals and spells, you'll be able to go back and listen to the meditation again or do it on your own. And you can read it, of course, in the book where you'll go back into this. This glorious state of wholeness and power. Okay, now let's take our breath deep, deep, deep into our root. Down, down, down into our sitting bones. Down, down into our pubic bone. I want you to see the serpent here. Now this part of the serpent is about our underworld self, the emotional depths. It often appears to us as the black coil of the serpent. Deeply connecting to the sacred cave, the womb of the mother. It is the, <clears throat> it is the holy darkness. Now see this coil unfurling, stretching, connecting you deep to the earth, to that sacred womb from which we all came, where the power of the witch resides the roots of the earth, the cave, the most primal, the emotional self, the lower self. Now just sit here with any emotions that may come up. Now, as you are connected and rooted to the earth beneath you, naturally, with your beautiful intuition, that beautiful sacredness, allow the release of those which no longer serve you. Clearing out any toxins, any miasma, that gunk that might have been residing in your lower self. Now it is that beautiful, sparkling, clean, crisp blackness like that of a winter night, completely clear, no pollutants. Now that as this coil of the serpent has awoken, it stretches up to your heart center Awakening the red coil. The beautiful red coil, the heart center, is the seat of our actions, our behaviors, and is our interface with the external world. Now allow this coil within you to just naturally release any harmful behaviors or actions, extending to cleanse, so you get that beautiful, clear, blood red, free of any pollutants. Extending that out, releasing it down through those roots where it will be reborn into something necessary as the wheel of time requires. Now extend that serpent, that part of the serpent, letting that coil grow all around you in a beautiful protective shield that connects you to the right ones and keeps out the wrong ones. Now, we often experience this coil of the serpent as a fire. 
This is the fire of creation and destruction, and it is the fire of protection and nourishment. So you may now feel this beautiful, nourishing and protecting ring of fire around you here. Now, as this coil, this fiery red serpent becomes strong and true, naturally, the energy goes up towards the crown, the third eye, the higher self, our work on cleansing and activating and attuning the lower self coil and the middle self coil now releases the power of the mystical intellectual higher self. You experience as part of the coil, the head of the snake as white, and you may notice some dots, some miasma, some gunk on this part of your snake, your spirit soul snake. Now this is, of course, ineffective thoughts or cloudiness on the third eye or barriers to really, really standing in your mystical south. So let this head of the serpent stretch up, 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 seeing through the eye of the third self, that is the eye of your soul serpent. And as its head roars up, it connects and expands to the starry road, the mystical heights of the upper world. Releasing, releasing, releasing any harmful thoughts or blockages down into the ground, back to the womb and the cave and the cauldron where they will be born anew so that your head, your beautiful head, soul head, stretches up receiving and downloading the wisdom that you need in this very moment. So stand here in this place of ultimate wholeness, one with the wheel of the year, the wheel of time, the universal flow that lives within you and connecting to the universal flow around you, the lower self, middle self, and higher self, the true selves, the soul selves unified with your everyday selves powerful. This is the power of the witch and you are basking in it at this moment as you are connected to the underworld, the middle world, and the upper world, the lower world of the cave, the middle world of the spiritual garden, and the higher self, upper world of the starry road. Being in this state of grace and power brings us to the spiritual crossroads. And the spiritual crossroads is our place, our natural home. It's our homestead as witches. We are at the crossroads, born from it and return to it always. When we leave that womb cave, we cross into the middle world. When we descend back from our heights of the starry world and our mystical selves and our psychic practices, we crossroads we crossroads again. So when we are in a state of wholeness, we stand completely at the spiritual crossroads. Any direction is possible. We are all directions, all selves, all connected to the three worlds and all of the archetypes. Now, from this point of activation, you can continue on any sort of ritual, spell, journey that will take you in any one of these directions. So use this state of activation to 
get you to that spiritual crossroads where you can choose which way you'll go. This spiritual crossroads, you're standing on that wheel of time right now. For the wheel of time contains the three worlds and our wheel of life contains the three selves. And as we stand in this place with that coiled serpent unleashed and stretched out, we have achieved wholeness with the serpent that is the wheel of time, that river, that serpentine river under the river. We are that now. Now you can pause the audio here to bask in this presence for as long as you wish. I'm going to proceed with the devocation, the calming of the serpent um, to help you get back to everyday life. So let's begin pulling in that serpent head that is your soul head connecting to the upper world, seeing it coil and rest back into itself. Your everyday thoughts return and are balanced and true, connected to the deeper wisdom of your soul. Harmful ones are released. Now the middle part of the serpent, the body of the serpent, its torso, trunk, middle part. Now it's time to return that. So just pull in that ring around you, knowing that etherically, spiritually, it still exists. It's your shield, that membrane, but letting it rest within you now. Your actions are true in attunement with your mission in your life, that soul code. And the heart center relaxes now. And finally to the lower self, gently pulling up the roots to the earth. Feeling the trueness, that state of perfect love and perfect trust in your emotions and in your lower self now. Non-judgment of whatever emotions you feel. Attunement with the soul code. And now the three coils of the serpent are at rest. Anytime you wish to get into your sacred self, repeat this meditation by listening to the audio or reading it in the book. This meditation is so fantastic also for really doing shadow work because what that serpent is, of course, is the serpent of your truth, your soul serpent. And if you think of the shadow as another serpent, and as we work towards integrating the two, deeper work beyond what we've done here together today is of merging that serpent shadow into your soul soul serpent um, so that you take the wisdom of the shadow and you incorporate it. And this is the, the sacred dance of the shadow and soul, this merger of these two serpents so that it becomes this beautiful whole one that is your truth, is your soul, and doesn't discount or reject the shadow aspects of who you are, 
but nurtures them and heals them and releases them from their prison of fear so that they become naturally absorbed into your soul, that serpent that is your truth. Now, of course, doing this type of deep spiritual soul activation work of your sacred serpent can get that shadow of ours acting up. I highly recommend that you read uh, my article on shadow syndrome following this journey we've taken together. You can find that on Pathios as well. So it's shadow syndrome with tips on how to recover from it. I also highly recommend you read my article after the ritual, The Messiness of Spiritual Growth, to help you through. And again, to connect with the Wheel of the Year, you can search my articles. Uh, 2020 is the newest one. And to really contemplate this energy. Join Open Circle or consider taking a course with me to go deeper into the wheel of your life, the wheel of time, and the wheel of the year. And you can purchase Keeping Her Keys, an introduction to Hecate's modern witchcraft from most major booksellers, including Amazon. I bless you with the energy of this sacred time we've had together. It has been so nourishing for me to create this audio and the wheel of the year projects that I work on and may you be well nourished by it. <laughs>